You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this webmasterradio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of webmasterradio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, April the 16th, and this is Jim Hedger from webmasterradio.fm and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Dave, how you doing this, this, this beautiful Thursday? You know what? We are in, uh, I guess we're in the same boat. It, uh, here at least is a beautiful Thursday. Uh, and as always, having the pleasure to, uh, do a show with you. It's just, uh, starting to look up. So, um, looking forward to heading in. We've got a fantastic lineup. I think today, so uh, I guess we should uh, batch through uh, some of the news as quick as possible so that we can get to uh, to some really interesting guests. Yeah, actually, we have some great guests, and we have such great guests this week, as, as, as always, but this week they're especially great. But I think it would be kind of cool to announce, you know, who we have coming up as, as our guests this week. I'm slowly stalling for time as I find, our e- find the email. Okay, the one... The first guest coming on in about 15 minutes, the man himself from Seattle, Rand Fishkin. Coming up after our break later on, we have Barry North from Joomla, Joomla Shack to talk about Joomla from an SEO and webmaster's perspective. I mean, two great topics. It's going to be a lot of fun talking to Rand. It's going to be a lot of fun talking about Joomla. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun talking about the first thing I want to talk about in the news section, which is... The big project Webmaster Radio has been working on over the last month, last couple of months actually, affiliate convention. Dave, have you ever organized a full-scale convention before? <laughs> no, maybe you can. You can. Does it give you an appreciation of the uh, the hard work that uh, you know Danny and, and Kevin have had to put in over the years uh, at this point? I bow down to Danny Sullivan and Chris Sherman. I bow down to. 
Kevin Ryan and Stuart Queeley and Marilyn Crafts. I bow down to anybody who has to organize and schedule a full-scale conference because um, recently uh, a lot of the organization of affiliate convention has fallen into into my lap, and I'm having I mean, I've got to say I'm having a lot of fun trying to get this together, but um, it's a tough one. But you know. Instead of talking about how tough it is to organize a convention, I want to talk about some of the lineup we have at Affiliate Convention. Now, for listeners who you know, have been living under rocks or haven't been following their Twitter stream or checking the Webmaster Radio blog, which you should do daily, we have Andrew Cotton from Yahoo, Honesty Jansen from AppSpot, Evan Weber from Experience Advertising, um, Heather Paulson from PMG, Chris Jones from Pepper Jam, the fabulous Linda Woods from PartnerCentric, and it goes on. We have Michael Jenkins, Market Leverage, Mark Brooks, publisher of Online Personal Watch, Tim Ash from SiteTuners, one of the clearest and nicest people in search marketing, uh, Monty Kahn, of course, from Moniker. Uh, we have both Dave Schneider and Jordan Castella from Search and Social. We have Harrison Gevitz from Gevitz Media. And the list goes on and on and on. Um, affiliate Convention, June 17th to 20th, 2009, Denver, Colorado. And as an added bonus, not only are you getting a great conference in an affordable place. I mean, Denver's a, Denver's a wonderful town, and it's totally affordable. It's the hub for every major airline route like in, in America. Here's the added bonus. If you're a working affiliate, if you're working with one of the large affiliate networks out there, you get in for free. Well, you can't beat a price like that. Absolutely, you can't beat a price like that. That's, there's, there is no price like that. So, Affiliate Convention, folks, check it out, affiliateconvention.com. And uh, sign up now. Register for free if you're a working affiliate. And if you're not a working affiliate, if you're uh, just involved in the affiliate marketing industry and you are going to shop anyway, or you're interested in the affiliate marketing industry, we have low rates. Check it out. Register for Affiliate Convention now, and uh, we'd love to see you in Denver in a couple of months. Moving right along, I want to talk a little bit about SEO. We're, I mean, we have Rand coming on, and we have Jumlashak coming on in the uh, closing the hour, so we're going to be doing a lot of talk about SEO today. Did you see the poll over at Search Engine Roundtable? Um, Barry Schwartz posted the results of it today, stating that, well, 79%, 80% of SEOs say that, well, SEO or knowing code is necessary to begin SEO. You know, I did see that, and, and that touches on your point from just like a minute ago, uh, that our listeners should be hitting up the Webmaster Radio blog. You, you posted a, a great piece on it uh, right there, so anybody who is reading it would, would know about this poll. Um, what I really would like to know more than... Uh, you know, all, all the specific details in, in the arguments, and I know there's many arguments going on, many forum threads going on, uh, but to me, I, I kind of look at these statistics and go, who are these 21% that don't think you need to know some aspect of coding um, to, to, to do SEO? <laughs> uh, it, it just seems to me that, uh, you know, and, and, and as, a, as a working SEO, I don't actually really know how I would do a whack of my job um, if I didn't know how to how to deal with coding or if I didn't have staff who knew the coding portions that, that I didn't. Uh, it just, it, it seems a little odd to me. What are, what are your thoughts on the on the results? 
Well, I want to take a step back for a second and say and talk about where this poll came from, like like what prompted the poll in the first place. Ed Lewis, um, page one results, or uh, publisher of the SEO Consultants Directory, about a week ago on April 9th, he put up a article that uh, ended up on Spin, which was titled "You're Not an SEO If You Don't Know These by Heart." Now, these was a listing of all the these was a listing of all the um, HTML4 elements that an SEO consultant in in, a, in Ed Lewis's mind an SEO consultant will come across at least once in their career. Um, everything from basic you know head tags to you know some things that were not not really so basic. Um, some elements of of HTML4 that many people might know like. Acronym. Um, uh, form buttons, site, uh, uh, correlation groups, etc. There's a, there's a number of elements in HTML4 that you know you'll probably never ever ever run across as a working working SEO, but will be part of the code used in a page that you're working on. So. That's that sort of sets the stage for a very lengthy conversation that happened in the spin forums, and it went from being a conversation to more of a well, almost a yelling fest. And the conversation was started off, and I'm, I was quite surprised to see this. The conversation was started off by Jill Whalen, one of the original SEOs, who and, and her comment was, "Guess I'm not an SEO because then I don't see how most." I guess I'm not an SEO then, because I don't see how most of this stuff has anything to do with SEO. Now, if you're a developer, then it's good stuff. Now, Jill was the first comment in what became a very long comment track, and I think a lot of people were, were really surprised to see Jill write that. Um, given her career, she must have come across many, if not all, of the, the 70 or so elements mentioned in, in Edward's article. So... That got me thinking. What makes a SEO practitioner? Now I remember back in the old days. Remember, remember in the Step Forth days, Dave, when like it was you, me, and Ross. Mm-hmm. That was you know we had to wear all hats at all times. We had to wear our sales hats. We had to wear our coders hats. We had to wear our SEO hats. We had to wear marketing hats. Um, we had to wear wear customer relation hats, etc. We had to do all jobs. So no matter who you were, whether you were the owner of the company, Ross Dunn, uh, head SEO, me, or head of sales, you, we had to get our, our hands deep into code no matter what. So we had to know this stuff. Then I flash ahead to the most recent, recent major SEO company I worked with where there's over 20 people, each of whom has their own speciality. Uh, one of the guys who used to work there, a fellow named Colin Cochran, is somebody who I consider one of the best technical SEOs in the business. This guy knows more about uh, server stacks, knows more about information architecture, knows more about the way to set up um, uh, a site and a server than anyone I know. He knows far more about this than I do. Now, I think I know a lot more about content SEO than he does. So, who's the better SEO here? somebody who can write for it or somebody who can set it up. It gets a little bit confusing at that point. Gotcha. You're right. It, it, 
does get confusing, and I think at this point, and, and perhaps a lot of the a lot of the debate, I have not had time to follow every single thread and, and monitor every single argument on this. Um, it may be, I mean, it may boil down to something as simple of we're we're debating semantics here and going, you know, I'm an SEO, no, you know, whereas in reality, no, you're you're a copywriter, or I'm an SEO, no, you're a link builder. Right, and, and I mean, these things are fine. In, in a large organization, you're certainly going to have, you know, I mean, we have, you know, link builders. Well, you know, are they dealing with code? Not certainly to the same degree as um, Daryl here, who, who does PHP development, right, and stuff like that. So um, you, you do hit that area of semantics where we're crossing over and we're all working at SEO, but from, from different aspects of things. But I, I think when I read this and, and when I'm looking at this, I'm looking in an overall, when I say SEO, I think of in the overall strategy uh, of something, are you going to need some coding? Is somebody who's going to be involved in this uh, process that we call SEO uh, going to need to know how to code a site, how to, you know, as simple as are you going to be able to recognize a, a you know, rel equals no follow tag, or are you going to be able to recognize, um, you know, different H1 tags? And- with cascading style sheets, um, you know, is, as simple as that. These things are going to be necessary in virtually every every campaign that you're going to run. So coding is going to be required in, in I would say, 99%, if not more, of all campaigns you're going to run. So um, each person may do a different thing, but I think in, in the overall process, the SEO of a site, somebody there is going to need to know how to code the thing. Well, somebody had better, absolutely. You know what? We have this fella on the line who I really want to put this question to. Um, we're not going to bring him on just yet because, well, we're, we're teasing you, we're teasing you listeners a bit. Uh, we have to take a break here on Web College or WebmasterRadio.fm. Uh, before we do, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Daryl Quinnett, your employee. It was his birthday yesterday, the big 3-0, and it's also Brian Smith from Comparison Ninja's birthday today. So, Brian and Daryl, happy birthday, guys. We've got to take a break, pay some bills here on WebmasterRadio.fm. You listen to Webcology. This is Jim Hedger from WebmasterRadio.fm and Dave Davies from SEO Inc. Friends, stay tuned. We're coming back with Rand Fishkin. Webcology is now on iTunes. Write us a review and tell us how much you love us. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Affiliate Convention 2009 Denver, Thursday and Friday, June 18th and 19th. Free for all affiliates and all the information you need to know to grow your business. For more information about registration and sponsorship, visit www.affiliateconvention.com. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for Maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebauthor.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online release news and content distribution service. 
Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com. It's a private, invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private, tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card. XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone and you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. Once again, that's xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Deagles. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we are pleased to announce a special guest we have on Webcology today at Randfish. Rand Fishkin himself. Rand, welcome back to the show, brother. Oh, thanks for having me, Jim. I appreciate it. Well, man, it's always great having you on. And I think we had uh, Dave and I were, were sort of chatting away on IM during the break. And uh, we have this is going to be a really tight segment. So here's how I think <laughs> we want it to go down. Coding, links, Twitter, Seth. You know where we're going with all this? Uh, coding, Twitter, links, Seth. It's like a mantra, really. I can do that. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm on it. Okay. Well, I want to put the question to you, Rand. Um, do SEOs need to know coding to be real SEOs? No. No, of course not. Well, what, what kind of coding do you mean? Do you mean like HTML or do you mean like programming? Well, you see, one of the problems with the question as phrased is it was an open question. I'm, I'm actually just quoting off of uh, Search Engine Roundtable's uh, published poll this morning. Um, so I would say, you know, yes, you, to you need open. to have some knowledge of HTML. I mean, you don't have to be able to necessarily hand code your own pages, but you better be able to view source and pull out elements and know what something means and understand whether a you know, link is pointing to the right place or going through a redirect or if something's in an iframe or XYZ, right? But do you need to be able to you know, write a crawler? Do you need to be able to uh, you know, pull... Uh, know how to pull uh, uh, MySQL data um, and display it in, you know, certain types of uh, variables or charts or whatever. No, not really. I mean, uh, most of the time, you know, when we're when you're making uh, SEO requests, hopefully you're doing SEO and there's someone who is a hardcore developer who does this for a living, who worked on that website and built it, who's making those changes and edits for you. I mean, sometimes the two come together, right? When you when you've got sort of uh, independent webmasters and folks building their own stuff, and I think that's great. I think certainly being able to code is a fantastic skill um, for SEOs, but so is being able to design, so is being able to you know, uh, speak well at conferences, so is being able to be very, very personable or you know, charismatic. I think these are all great skills to add on, but they don't necessarily define SEO, right? SEO is two things. Number one, 
it's making technical changes, and number two, it's doing marketing activities. And if you're doing both of those primarily to increase the rankings of your website and the traffic from organic search, you're an SEO. You might be a really crappy one if you don't have good skills, but, but you are an SEO. Well, over at SEO Moz, you've got, you've got a, have a, a growing company, SEO Moz. Do you assign a task based on speciality like to, to your various workers, um, or is it sort of general that everybody does everything? Oh, no, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a dev team. I think there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people on the dev team. Well, maybe ten. Adam probably counts, too. So. Um, and then we've got, you know, two folks on the operations side, three, I guess, if you count Sarah, and um, Scott, who sort of does a lot of marketing stuff for us, and then um, Rebecca and Lindsay. And, and we actually have a new employee as of this week, uh, Jen, who does uh, SEO, and she's actually a developer by background, so she can, you know, she is, is a coder, and obviously Danny does uh, some development as well, so he's an SEO, yeah. Lots Are of, we allowed to announce a new hiree's name, by the way? Sorry, it's, it's, it's Jennifer, um, Jennifer Lopez, actually. Uh, let me, wait, hang on, I'm going to... hired the great it is, Jennifer It's not the one you're thinking Lopez of. Lopez <laughs> Denver. Maybe it is, I don't know. Uh, I got to find her Twitter username, and then you'll know who she is. Janita, that's it. Well, again, it's it's the great Jennifer Sable Lopez. Um, it, that was one of the worst <laughs> kept secrets for a little while there, Rand. Yeah, yeah, I know. But you know, cat's out of the bag. She's here. She's writing her first post, so. And she's amazing. Be, uh, I'm so glad to hear yeah, that she's that she's with us. She's terrific. Actually, it's, uh, it's been great Jen's because great. I'll sort of. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, again, it's just, it's good to hear that she's with SEO Moz. Um, you picked up you picked yeah. up uh, Lindsay Perkins recently. You've got uh, Jennifer yeah. Table Lopez on on the team now, and both great people and great SEOs. They I know, know. I know, and yeah, it, uh, Lindsay's just sort of building up her uh, you know her SEO consulting team here, so it's good. I want to. Uh, you said that you know many of your people on, on, on your team are developers, and yeah. they've been working on building well, building their own crawler, right? Linkscape. I think you know Dave really wants to talk about links with you, so let's dive in with Linkscape. How's Linkscape going? Good, good. Um, I think that, you know lots of things. Hey, Dave, by the way, how's it going? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, 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 you know, it's. It's progressed nicely. I mean, one of the things that I'm really most proud of is that we're uh, we're obviously still in beta, but we're we're getting to the point where updates are only three to four weeks apart, um, which means the freshness of the data is is just remarkably better. Um, we're also working really hard on data coverage. So, you know, when we when we initially launched, um, and even over the past six months, we've been really really focused on sort of finding pages that uh, are important that have external links pointing to them that kind of stuff. And now we're starting to dig deeper, so trying to get uh, deep into large site architectures and find pages that, yeah, probably have no links pointing to them and don't even have, you know, links pointing to pages that, that or external links that point to pages that point to them, but uh, are still important because they're on big websites, right? It's sort of the, the long tail of, of the web. Um, and I think doing some good things around data quality, we've actually found some great ways to filter out spam, some more efficient ways to crawl, which is great because it's going to save us money and save us time and mean that we can um, reach a lot more pages more deeply, uh, more, more quickly. So it, it's going quite well. I think that our, our big thing is trying to um, – I, I think we have, we have two big efforts. On the technology side, you know, we're really um, 
focused on being as efficient as possible while still providing as much information as possible. Um, but on the, on the marketing side, I think one of the problems we had with Linkscape is that we really geared it towards an extremely advanced audience. So it is, it is quite difficult to understand what you should do with a metric like domain juice versus domain level Moz Trust versus domain level Moz Rank and these kinds of things. And I think we're going to try and simplify that. Um, in the next six months to make it a little easier for people to sort of get the basics and get some understanding of the tool and know what metric should I use and how should I use it, that kind of thing. Um, doesn't need to be quite as, you know, it's great that it, <laughs> it's great that for those folks who spent a lot of time investing, you know, uh, their knowledge into it and, and understanding how it all works, but it needs to be more surface level accessible. Now, of course, the, the purpose of, of Linkscape here. Uh, ties in nicely and, and is mentioned a, a few times, and rightfully so, uh, document that you guys have, have quite recently put out, a professional's guide to link building, which is actually what really, really uh, got me excited to, to have you on the show today to, to kind of touch on oh, cool. this a little bit. Um, yeah, we actually had uh, a uh, guest author, Eric Engie, from it over Temple, into the, uh, who authored that. Uh, radio great. chat right now. Um, so I know we're, we're you know, fast running out of time, and of course we will with, a, with an interesting guest on. Um, so I'm going to just get straight to some of these questions here. Um, one of the interesting things that I found in the document itself, and it starts on right on page two, um, and, and it seems like an obvious thing, but one of the things you refer to, one of the biggest factors in deciding uh, on the value of a link is a profile, like basically the link profile, which I, I thought that's a great way to word it, um, rather than just saying links or page rank or this or that, to refer to a link profile of a domain. Now, now can you maybe explain to our listeners what is a, a link profile, um, and, and sure. so how, I think, are, how are I think you outlining in here in, in a Coles Notes version? Everybody should go and, and actually read the document, but what is important, and why is it a link profile rather than just a link and, and, and number of links? Sure. So uh, I would say a, a link profile is not uh, a single metric. It's looking at me lots of metrics together and then probably doing some scouting. So, for example, if you were to... Uh, say, well, here's a, here's a car for sale, right? And this car is a, I don't know, 1999 Volkswagen Jetta. And you'd kind of go, okay, well, that's some information about the car, right? I've got a general sense of what it is, but I'm, I'd also want to know things like, I want to know the color, I want to know the condition, has it been in any accidents? What's the, what's the VIN number, right? Like when you look up the, um, um, you know, the history report, the vehicle history report through the VIN number, and you can see all this, all this sort of data. I think that's what we mean by link profile. A lot more than just, uh, you know, Moz rank or, or page rank or how many link num you know, how many links does Yahoo report today and tomorrow will report twice that many because Yahoo's kind of inconsistent that way. But, you know, look at some of those links. Where are they coming from? Who are they coming from? What are they saying about this site? Do they appear to be manipulative or do they appear to be organic? Those are all profile type of questions. Now, what can we do as, as, as SEOs when we're trying to get a, a grasp of link profile? Obviously, Linkscape is, is one of the things that we can use, and it gives a, a great, and apparently uh, you're referring to, you know, saying that one of the problems is that it, it might be a little more complex, so you're going to try and simplify the interface, but give some great information. What are some other resources that we can use, maybe simple search strings, uh, to get a good idea for link profiles uh, and some of the tools we can use? Sure. So, I mean, you know, we do, I mean, we love Linkscape for, for this kind of thing uh, for, for two reasons. One is 
Um, a, a big problem, I think, with a lot of link acquisition is that people will, you know, historically look at PageRank of the page, right? And PageRank is updated every three to nine months. Um, more recently, lately, which is which has been nice, but that means that you might have a fantastic page that has no PageRank assigned to it, or that doesn't reflect what's happened in the last sixty or ninety days or one hundred and twenty days, right? Um, and so that can be a little frustrating. And you also don't know anything about the domain that it's on, right? PageRank only tells you what's happening on that one page. It's a, it's a page-specific link popularity. So you can look at something like, all right, this page doesn't have a lot of links pointing to it and maybe isn't that important, but it's on a really important domain. And I can see, you know, domain MozRank is high and domain Moz Trust, which sort of says how, how trusted this is and uses uh, the same intuition as, as Yahoo's uh, TrustRank paper, which, which Google uh, put a patent on that uh, as well. And so you can, you can get a really good sense of, like, is this a good domain? Is it you know, linked to by many trust, other trusted domains in a quick sense without having to sort of sort through a link list? Uh, now, I would tell you, probably valuable to sort through a link list, right? Go plug it into a backlink analyzer and just you know, take a look down that list. And as you see, you know, I mean, another great thing about Linkscape is you can sort of sort and see, like, all right, don't show me links that have no follows because Site Explorer does that a lot. Show me only links that are followed links, and show me only links that are you know sort of the most important in order from the highest domain MozRank domains in order. And that, that's another thing that we really like to be able to do with the software. Um, now, going once we know all of this, you know we sort of we know what we're trying to deal with. We know what we're competing against. Um, and I, I know I got to ask these questions really fast, but um, what? Uh, what ta- how do we determine what tactics? Obviously, every site's a little bit different. How do we then determine what tactics should we use uh, when we're doing our link building? So I think there's some intuition, uh, but I would say, you know, quick answer is intuition plus experience equals success. So if you can, uh, if you have some theories, go test them. Once you've proven via tests that they work for your site, keep doing them. If they fail, don't try it anymore. Okay, Rand, um, there's, we only have a few minutes left in the segment, and I want to thank you so much for coming on. There's a billion things I want to ask you. Um, you've been writing a lot about Twitter lately, um, almost, almost as if Twitter's taking away from the brain space. What are your thoughts yeah. on Twitter and, and, and the SEO community? So I think that uh, Twitter has proven that it's, it's not a fake trend and it's not a fad. Um, it's at least as big as Facebook and potentially... Um, is going to be growing fast, even faster than that. And uh, uh, my thoughts on Twitter are a little disjointed because while I appreciate the medium and while uh, I, I personally enjoy the stuff, I do a lot of you know Twitter searches to to find information and that kind of thing, um, and to do reputation management and find people who are talking to me and need replies because I don't follow a whole lot of people, as some folks might know. Um, the I think the value is frequently overstated um, for uh, the value of, of Twitter in general and of social media marketing a little bit is overstated. Uh, Twitter is a certainly can be a, a good marketing tool, and I think some people are using it wisely, but I also think that there's a lot, a lot more hype than there is dollars of revenue generated. So I, that could catch up, but, it, but it's not quite there yet. Um, I do think it's a great social medium, and obviously the, the feedback loop of it is uh, incredibly powerful and, and sort of preys on all of the right kinds of human emotions uh, that make it so compelling to use. 
Well, speaking of, uh, of great marketing, um, this is actually, I'm afraid it's going to have to be the last question for you. On April 14th, you wrote a response to an uh, article Seth Godin had written. Um, his article was How to Make Money with SEO. Yours was There's More Than Two Ways to Make Money with SEO. And I guess my question <laughs> yeah. to you is, somebody like Seth Godin, who is very well immersed in the market, online marketing space, why do you think he only, and he and folks like him, have such a narrow view of search engine optimization. So actually, I uh, I talked to Seth a little bit, and I don't think he really has that narrow a view of it. I think he was, as he frequently does with posts, he tries to distill information down to very easy to consume, very quick, and very response invoking. Right. So you'll notice that his blog doesn't allow for comments, which means that if you want to write about something that he's posted, you have to write your own post and link to him. Which is, which is a pretty interesting marketing tactic, right? Pretty, pretty savvy uh, link acquisition methodology there for, for his blog. So, uh, I mean, I, I think that Seth actually is, is far wiser about this subject than that post would make you think. Uh, however, that being said, I do worry that that sort of distillation and sim- oversimplification uh, can cause problems when it's, you know, spoken by such a, a powerful marketer and a well-respected marketer. And so that's why I wrote my response, which was essentially, look at all of these ways that search influences macro and microeconomics worldwide, uh, and will continue to. And, and really, the, you know, I think my post didn't go into a great amount of detail either because I wanted to be simplistic but present a more complex view. So obviously, uh, like uh, we, I know we've got to close here. I know we've eaten up all of our all of our time with you, which is, is unfortunate because <laughs> no we've got problem. a million more questions. But um, before we let you go, what is the the easiest way for for people to get to the the link building guide that you that you guys wrote? I think it's recommended reading or required reading for for anybody, even if it's just as a refresher. Um, where can they find that on your site? Yeah, I th- I agree. I mean, I think I think that Eric did did a great job with that. But that uh, that link building guide, I think if you type. Uh, Link building guide, uh, SEO Moz, it's, it's number one. And if you type uh, guide to link building, it's right up there as well. So, yeah, that's, it's a pretty quick, quick little thing to find. In fact, it looks like it's number two for guide to link building. So. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that, that was fast. Um, well, thanks very much for, for coming on the show here, Rand. It's, it's been great having you. I, I hope we can have you on again because i got a, a million more questions. But, of course, we have to, uh, we have be to happy pay to some it. bills. Um, so thanks. That's Rand Fishkin from SEO Moz uh, on behalf of Jim Hedger from WebmasterRadio.fm and myself, of course. Uh, stay tuned. We've got another great guest, Barry North from Joomla Shack, coming up next. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Here's your bill. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, it's all right. I'll take care of the tab, Jason. Well, thanks, Dave. How are you doing so well these days? It seems everyone's in a pinch for cash. RevenueWire.com, that's how. RevenueWire? Yeah, RevenueWire.com is an all-in-one platform offering affiliates high-demand software from top-notch PC utility merchants. With 75% commissions, twice-monthly payouts, incredibly accurate analytics tools, RevenueWire is making me more money today than I did in the last few years put together. Even in this economy? Especially in this economy. RevenueWire has a ton of great products to meet the demand. I'm telling you, this network is recession-proof. RevenueWire, the recession-proof network platform. For more information, visit RevenueWire.com today. That's RevenueWire.com. From Fort Lauderdale, Florida, WebmasterRadio.fm. A service of new-gen broadcasting. We're everywhere. 
Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this is what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agree that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even from a quick state of the art tracking. Where did it start? You can do it a couple ways. 866-XY7-PAYS. It's toll free. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. The Shoe Money Show. Ring on the bling. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We're on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. On webmasterradio.fm. Trying to crank in the cash. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Webmaster Radio and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, Inc. And uh, we have Barry North from Joomla Shack who's joining us. But before Barry comes on, I, I, I got to say, I feel so good. I'm so amazing about that XY7 commercial because I helped write it. And then we got uh, then Eddie, one of our producers, went and got Chuck, the SEO rapper, to sing it. And I'm telling you, I think that's the best, one of the best commercials we ever ran. And I just have to say, I just wanted to say I feel great about it. Thanks, Brasco, for playing that. Okay. That said, we have Barry North from Joomla Shack coming on to talk about Joomla and SEO. Barry, welcome to Webcology. Hi, th- and thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time to come on. Tell us a little bit about Joomla Shack, uh, templates and customized services. Yes. Uh, um, probably a good place to start is what is Joomla? Uh, I'm not sure that all your listeners are going to be familiar with it. Uh, it's an example of an open-source content management system. Uh, a lot of people point to WordPress, Drupal, and Joomla as perhaps being the big three upcoming open-source content management systems right now. Uh, they're very popular. Lots of people are using them, and they're really growing all the time. Uh, and I have, uh, I'm a partner in a company called Joomla Shack, and we produce uh, templates for Joomla, and we tend to specialize in clean code, ones that can be used really well for SEO, give you a great foundation for your content management site. Well, let's start here then with flexibility. Um, what, what sort of flexibility are we dealing with with, uh, with Joomla, with Joomla templates? Obviously, you offer some, some customization services, so you know, uh, no template is going to fit every different scenario, and, and every different scenario may not have an, uh, an appropriate template for it. What's involved, if, if I'm just coming, I've got absolutely nothing. Um, what's involved here uh, in, in setting things up 
uh, getting things going, how much should a professional do, how much can a person do themselves, uh, what's really involved here? That's a really good question. I think it, to a certain extent it points back to one of the things you were discussing with Randa a little bit ago was do people who do SEO need to be coders? And I think that the content management system, the modern content management system, is a really great opportunity to try and address that question because the idea of a CMS is to separate all the technical headache from cranking out globs of all that great content. And I'm kind of one of those guys that sort of leans towards the content is king uh, view of SEO. So once you have your site set up uh, in a manner that is going to provide a strong SEO foundation, you can just start pumping in all that content. And a lot of criticisms used to be around, I think, in the SEO community for content management systems saying the URLs were bad, they were slow, they didn't work very well. And I think over the last couple of years, you've seen a lot of those criticisms get addressed with new releases of a lot of these uh, content management systems, especially the uh, open source ones, which have such a fast release cycle. So now we've got Drupal 6, Joomla 1.5. I'm not sure what version of WordPress is on right now. Uh, but a lot of these new releases have really addressed some of these issues. So to take something like Joomla, it's super flexible now. You can have really mind-blowing, attractive uh, sites using templates that look beautiful. Uh, and, and you can also have ones that are really carefully calibrated for SEO and are tableless, they're really fast loading, they're all using strong H1, H2, H3 tags, they've got great metadata, and it's all set up ready to run and for you to start jamming your content in. So I think now, uh, if you want to run a site and you want to rank for it in the search engines, you know, I'm, I'm obviously biased, but I think you need to be running a, a modern content management system. Now, I had in, in preparation for this show, and, and just for fun, uh, I had one of my guys here who had no experience with, with Joomla at all. Give it a go. Just set up something really simple, obviously, nothing to, to, to the level that, that you're setting up sites to, um, but just to try and set up something simple. Um, and some of the in- odd hurdles that we hit in, in this initial setup with it by, by sort of default, things like search engine-friendly URLs were turned off, and, and so it was giving these you know, parameters and stuff. How many sort of issues like that is somebody likely to face going in blind? Um, and, and fortunately, uh, the, the guy that I put on it is, of course, an experienced searcher, so he knew how to find the solutions to these things per, fairly quickly. But how much trouble is it going to be for somebody going in blind to, to do this? And, and thus, how important is it if you want to take full advantage of all of the, the search engine functionality, and, and it is very flexible in that regard, um, how important is it to get a good designer who knows what they're doing to set this thing up? Uh, and, and then sort of take it from there as just a content management system rather than trying to go it alone. Yeah, I think, uh, and, and I, I sort of uh, um, blogged about this recently uh, on Twitter. You were talking about Twitter with Ryan. There's always a lot of debate uh, about WordPress versus Joomla versus Drupal seems to be the three that are talked about, about how easy they are to set up and how good they are respectively at SEO. And I think the reality is there's not too much of a distinction between them. And to take Joomla, for example, there's probably three steps you need to do to start really leveraging the content management system to um, do really well in search engines. So you, after you've installed it, 
you turn on what, what, what Joomla calls SEF, search engine friendly URLs. Uh, but I mean, I think now Google handles these parameters pretty well. Uh, so really, we're talking about Huff, human readable uh, URLs. And really, the focus is more on probably click through rate on a search engine result than it is necessarily being ranked with a keyword in the domain, perhaps. But you turn those on, you pay careful attention to uh, the keywords you're using as you're crafting your article titles, because Juma's going to use that in the meta title tag. And there's just those couple of things you need to do. Uh, set up some modules that will automatically post the latest news so you've got all rich internal linking. And then I think you're good to go. So after two or three steps, uh, let's take a few minutes. You've got a really strong foundation. But I think you put your finger uh, on, on perhaps the, the stumbling block is you've got to find out what those steps are. I mean, I've got a bunch of stuff on my blog that I try and help people with. But as an open source project, sometimes uh, these things don't have um, the collection of, okay, you've got a site, do this, 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 and this. Uh, these are the steps you need to do. And people sometimes are left a little bit to themselves to try and find these things out. Now, what does somebody, obviously every situation is going to be totally different. Um, and when you're dealing with any kind of design, be it in a CMS system or, or otherwise, um, to have it built right from the ground up um, is is very important. Having a, a flexible system that you could add things to down the road, obviously handy, um, but getting all of the things that you need early on uh, is obviously going to be easier for you, or at least understanding what your future needs are going to be. When you're dealing with a client, when you're trying to help them set up uh, a site in Joomla, what are some of the, the questions and exploratory questions that you're asking to try and get a, a feel for what their what their needs are now and in the future to, to sort of move forward in the in the initial setup when you're choosing a template and when you're customizing it? Uh, that's a great question. And <clears throat> one thing I always discuss very early on with our clients is I, I have this sort of 80-20 rule that I try and explain in that um, 20% of your effort is going to get you 80% of your results. And that 20% effort especially with these open source content management systems, is going to be out-of-the-box stuff. It's going to be take Joomla, install a few extensions that do this, that, and the other. Um, uh, uh, and it's only when you start getting to a bit of custom coding that a lot of effort and also cost starts getting really high. But then I also try to make the point that the other rule I have is you don't know what your visitors want. I mean, I've done sort of Google split testing on stuff where I was absolutely convinced that this version would be the one that really converted really high and it ended up being the other one. So it's really difficult and it's really contextual what ultimately your visitors are going to convert on and, and want to see. So what I always advocate to clients is, okay, you've got this laundry list of all these different features, that, uh, bells and whistles that you want to put into your site. Hold off that spend 20% of that effort to get 80% of the way, then test, 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 test. And then you're going to be able to get feedback organically in the first few months or however long as the site's out there, and then that's going to tell you what you're going to need to want to add and maybe custom develop. So I almost always tell clients and anyone else that wants to listen to, to hold off on all that stuff. Start with something as out of the box as you can, then start doing some testing and essentially throw your side at the wall and see what sticks and what you need to improve. 
Okay, um, Barry, one of, our, one of our listeners in San Diego, I think he might have misheard you. Um, I think he heard you say, in order to rank, you have to run a CMS. But in reality, what you said is, if you're going to use a CMS, it should be good. So I'd like to pose the question to you. Does running a CMS in any way help people rank in, in, in Google, Yahoo, or MSN search results? Uh, well, I think it does, but, but my reason is indirectly. So I kind of did say that, but, but I'm not meaning from a technical point of view or some factor in the Google algorithm where a content management system is going to help you rank. Uh, and, and again, I, I go back to I was, I'm a sort of content is king, king kind of guy. So my reasoning is this. Uh, I believe that ranking well uh, in search engines is all about having attractive quality content. A content management system is exactly that. It's built from the ground up to manage that. So having a content management system is the best possible way and most effective and efficient to get the most quality content onto your site. And, you know, so just follow that reasoning, and that's why I think you're going to do well in a search engine because you've got the best way to get all that quality content out there. Uh, so I'm not saying that there's some technical aspect of a search engine that is in the algorithm that is picking up on something in the CMS that's going to help you rank. I'm just saying the fact that it's a content management system is helping you get all that content out there really well and quickly and in an efficient manner, which ultimately over time will helps you, helps you rank. No, I, I, I think I, I mean, that makes great sense. And obviously with a, with a content management system, you can lock down certain things that if the client is not, say, technically minded, uh, that they won't necessarily be able to mess up their own site in, in quite the same way that they would <laughs> uh, under different systems. Which brings me to a question, what can, in, in Joomla, as you're setting things up, obviously you don't want to confuse your client or, or the person who's actually going to be in there. You don't want to, to sort of allow them to break their own their own website. What ability would Joomla, would a developer or an SEO have to sort of go in and say, for the client, for the for the person coming in here to actually add and edit content, let's just minimize what they can even access. I don't want them to be able to, to touch these aspects of the site. What flexibility does the designer have in that regards with Joomla? Um, I think that uh, at a very broad level, you have different access levels with Joomla. So you can make uh, your client, if you didn't want to get um, have them sort of break stuff, as you say, be only an author and not have the administrative access. Um, and a more granular level, one of the current probably weaknesses of Joomla over something like Drupal is some really tight granularity over the ACL. So, for example, only having Bob from accounting only be able to access Bob's page and change it. Um, recently, over the last three months, probably three, four months, there's been a splurge of third-party extensions which have tried to address this um, it, uh, issue in Joomla, which is a pretty common complaint I think you'll see out there. Uh, but there's solutions out there that can address this and can really carefully uh, control what Bob from accounting can actually put into his page, even from the point of view of, you know, he can, you can present him with sort of a box to put an image in and then some uh, text, and then Joomla will take that and then wrap the text around in a proper float and make it all look pretty on the page rather than have Bob sort of accidentally upload a two-megabit picture. 
I apologise for any bobs out there. It's just the first name that occurred to me. And these things happen all the time. Barry, this is, uh, we're running, quickly running out of time for the, for the segment and for the show for the hour. Um, so I have one more question for you. As a Joomla developer, someone who's had his, his hands all the way up to the elbows in Joomla, what's your favorite add-on, the one that you find most beneficial for webmasters? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, I think probably the add-on that I find myself uh, always installing is some kind of third-party editor. Uh, the editor that Juma ships with uh, is average, and there's a couple of out there, uh, a GPL-free one and a commercial one, that really add a lot of things uh, to work with content. Because as I said, I mean, I see Joomla ultimately as a, you know, a way to manage all my content on my site. So these advanced editors, you know, you can one-click embed YouTube, uh, all these type of things uh, really easily. Um, <clears throat> so I think have, putting in an advanced editor is something that I generally do on almost every single Joomla site I've worked with. Well, Barry North from JoomlaShack.com, um, thank you so much for spending time on Webcology with us. We could talk for hours about the CMS because, I mean, it's CMS is you can talk for hours. But I'm afraid we're out of time. So, Barry, um, how do people get involved with Joomla Shack? Uh, well, uh, I mean, Joomla Shack, we're a template vendor for Joomla. They can definitely come on over and check out our forum. But I would also definitely recommend getting involved with Joomla. Go to Joomla.org, which is the home site of the open source project itself. We have a huge forum. I think there's something like a quarter of a million people in that forum swimming around. Get in there, find out more, and go and install Joomla uh, on, a, on a web server somewhere in Try it out. Well, again, Barry, thanks for joining us, Webcology friends. That was Barry North from Joomla Shack. Uh, before before Barry, we had Rand Fishkin from SEO Moz. That's it for Webcology this week. But on our way out, I want to remind you that Affiliate Marketing Insider is coming up next with Linda Woods, and she has a special guest this week, Melanie Siri, the founder of Affiliate Voice. Um, this, you know, naturally wraps wraps in well with the upcoming Affiliate Convention, June seventeenth to twentieth in. Denver, Colorado. Dave, um, that was a fun show. That was a really fun show. So, you know, I, I have a good time every week chatting with you and, and with our guests. But, uh, yeah, that one just, uh, with both guests, I, I ran out of time at the end and, and had more questions, and that's always a sign of a, of a good and uh, an entertaining show. I think they have to give us more time here on the network. What do you think? <laughs> I think so, too, every time we run out by the end of the hour. So. Uh, you can, well, you can talk to Brasco about that one. Definitely at the top of the hour. We have a news break coming up next. And then we have, on uh, again, on Affiliate Marketing Insider with Linda Woods, Melanie Siri, founder of Affiliate Voice. Friends, this is Jim Hedger from WebmasterRadio.fm and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Thanks so much for listening to WebCollege and WebmasterRadio.fm. And, and stick with the network. we got some great programming coming up next. <laughs>